Do you and your friends have really good conversations? Do you guys talk about making a podcast after every good combo? Well, this is your sign to go ahead and make that podcast. Spotify is a platform that makes it so easy to make your podcast. You can even earn money. And in this economy, multiple streams of income is the goal. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter how much equipment you have, as long as you have a phone and internet, you can start creating today. Once you start creating, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Hi, y'all. My name is Danasia, and I'm a 22-year-old type A black girl from Las Vegas who just moved to New York City last year to work for L'Oreal as a financial analyst. Hey, y'all. My name is Faith, and I'm a 23-year-old type A black girl from AZ living in Denver working remotely for Cisco as a business analyst. This season is finally here, and we can't wait to share more about our personal lives, working big girl jobs, relationships, and life in general as type A black girls. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 9 of Type A Black Girls. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Um, so a few class announcements. Y'all already know the deal. I hope y'all are reading because we've been reading. Um, we're on part three of One of Us is Lying. That's our book club for this season. Um, so please make sure you guys are staying on track. And we'll have our book club meeting, the final one, on October 15th, 8 p.m. Eastern. So be on the lookout for that link. And we're going to go ahead and dive into some other updates, um, including our link tree. If you guys have not joined the type of Black Girls group, I don't know what you're doing because the girlies been in there talking. They've been in there getting along and sharing details about where they live and where to go so um please join the group me um that's in our link tree and then finally subscribe to our youtube channel we are at 164 subscribers and we're trying to hit 200 so you guys have this episode and next episode to help us reach that goal um, so if you guys are on youtube you can see already that we have a very special guest this is amanda york and she's going to be helping us talk about all things gynecology women's health this is your sign to go to the gyno all that. So I'm going to let Amanda take the floor and introduce herself. Yeah. So hello, everybody. My name is Amanda York. I am a chemistry and African-American studies double major on the pre-med track at Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan. I also am in the med direct program at Wayne State, and I'm currently um, working on my medical school application, like, as we speak. Wow. Um, period. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long road, but I'm very excited to finally be at the end of my undergraduate journey and be moving on to my medical school journey. Um, some fun facts about me. Um, I am the president of my collegiate chapter of Delta Sigma Theta. Um, so the mighty some chapter. Yes, I'm a Delta. <laughs> um, and I also am involved in Michigan with the NAACP and the American Chemical Society, amongst other things. Um, another like shameless plug is I'm currently running for homecoming queen at Ooh. my school. Yes. Um, so hopefully the episode is out before voting in. So um, maybe we'll have the link put in the post so that people can continue to vote for me. Oh yeah, um, we're making sure you yeah. win. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a public forum. So anywhere, oh. everyone and anyone can vote. So. Oh, okay. so every time I did, I was like, "Wow, I can't even vote." I, every time I see yes. it, okay, period, okay, I'll go. I'll period. go. Vote. We're dropping yes. that in the group me, okay? Yeah, period. <laughs> okay, but yep, yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. Yay! Um, 
Yeah, and I just like just how we found Amanda. So I used to tutor is a strong word, but tutor her little sister um, for during the STEM program that I did with one of my mentors. And one of my mentors is actually one of their mentors as well. Yeah. And I think I just. I saw Vivi maybe post you and I was like, oh, she got an older sister? No, no, no. We yes. were in a panel. We were in a panel. We were on a panel talking about like different um, STEM majors and careers mm-hmm. and things like that. And I was like, oh, I like her. Like, let me find her Instagram. So I found her. And we just been following each other ever since. That was that was during the pandemic. Yeah. So wow. it's been a couple of years. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been some. And we've actually never met in real life. So like, no, every, we haven't. Every time we're in Arizona, it's during the holidays, and it's like that's family time. Like it's, it's yeah, it's, it'll happen eventually. Realistically, it, it will. It will happen eventually. But you know, everybody has just as we're getting older, everybody's dispersed and going on to do other things. So, what well, it has to be like a intentional, very, meeting, but soon, but soon, soon that it'll part, yes. that part. Um, but yeah, let's go. I'm very excited for this episode. We know the girlies, sometimes the girlies just were scared to go to the gyno. Some of the girlies haven't even gone to the gyno. Like some people are scarred from gyno PTSD, you know, it happens, but Mm -hmm. this is your sign to go to the gyno. And we, I want to, when we started, started making episodes for the season, I was like, I want Amanda on. Like I want Amanda on, like she's super smart. She knows she's talking about. And I mean, I've only heard her speak once, but she's freaking smart. And I be seeing the background, like she'd be putting that work. So um, yeah, I'm very excited to have her on. Um, but let's get right into the Rose, Bud, and Thorn before we get into our topic. Okay. Um, Rose is something good that happened in your week, but it's something that you're looking forward to. And Thorn is something bad that happened in your week. And we're just going to let Amanda do, Amanda do her RBT because I have a feeling this might be a, a longer episode per usual as a type a black girl episode anyways amanda take the floor um so the first one is something good that's happened this week right um something good that has happened this week is that i had a lot of classes cancel so i actually had i actually had a less stressful week this week because i had less things to do and i had more time to like you know dedicate to myself so that was good being able to like pace myself a little bit better Mm. um something I'm looking forward to is homecoming is October 7th so at the end of this upcoming week we're gonna have homecoming so I'm excited to um have my last homecoming as an undergraduate student I'm about to really turn up so I'm very excited for that and um something bad that has happened this week is I'm taking a um synthesis lab as a chemistry requirement for my degree and my class is nine thirty to two forty five, so it's a very long lab. And this week we didn't get out until four thirty because the lab just took that long. And I, I didn't eat not once during that time. And so that was that was a lot. But luckily oh. it's on Friday, so I had my rest of my weekend after that, but that was definitely like a, oh my God, get me out of here. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a shift. You worked a shift. (laughs) Exactly. No money. And I was telling my TA, like, you're getting paid to be here. I'm paying to be here, but. Facts. Um. Oh. I don't even know what what this means, but it sounds stressful. You talk about business majors. (laughs) It's a type of, um, like chemical reaction if anyone's ever taken oregon 
Um, I'm sure there's some chemistry baddies uh listening oh, to the easily. podcast. They they know what it's they know what SN one and SN two is. So yeah. Shout out to the ones that know. <laughs> All we do is excel over here. Um but let's get straight into the question because I'm very excited. Um first off, how and why did you choose your major? And what is it? I, I, you already said it, but just to remind the girlies. One, um, I'm pre-medical, so I want to go to medical school. Um, for the pre-med girls, or if you don't know, a lot of the requirements for it, um, the MCAT pretty much are chemistry classes. Like you have to take mm. Orgo, Orgo 1 and 2, Gen Chem 1 and 2. You have to take a lot of chemistry, biochemistry. So like to me, it made more sense to take chemistry as a degree. I'm also an Aquarius, and I like to do things differently. Um, most I'm a pre-med Libra. students, that's, that's an air sign thing. Yeah, yeah. air sign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, most most pre-med students go the biology route, which to me is not as smart because a lot of the chemistry classes just get dumped into your electives versus um, all the chemistry classes that I have to take. Like even physics is a requirement for. Um, pre-med but it's also a requirement for my chemistry degree it just made more sense um, that most of my classes were going towards counting down the days till I graduate so mm -hmm. that made more sense I'm yeah. also an African-American studies major um, I'm a double major instead of like a, a major and a minor and um, I chose African-American studies just because like you know I'm a black woman and growing up in Arizona and being in a black city now in Detroit Michigan like there wasn't as much emphasis on black contributions to America. Mm. And um, I just, I took intro to African-American studies my freshman year, first semester, and I just loved it. So first I added a minor and when I found out that um, it was only like three more classes to make it a major, I said, might as well. Um, and the rest is history. I've loved all the classes I've taken. I'm currently taking, um, Black Women in America and Black Psychology. And I love both of the classes. All of the classes I've taken have been my favorite. And each semester, a new class becomes my favorite. Um, and it's just been great, like, discovering more things about myself or things that happen within Black people that you never really thought to think about until mm. you're reading it in, you know, the literature or you're reading it in your textbooks and you're having discussions with like-minded students that you know care about the history and the importance of black americans to american history in general wow do you feel like like even in your classes either in african-american studies classes or like your chemistry or like medical-based classes like do they talk about the impact of like black people in the medical field do they discuss that or is it kind of like it depends actually like this is kind of probably is not going to answer your question. So I'm going to get around to answering your question, I promise. But like, um, I'm also taking a class called uh, Clinical Molecular Aspects of Cancer. And so the class mm -hmm. is, is all about cancer. Like you talk, we're talking about everything that has to do with cancer, you know, pathology, um, pathways, apoptosis, like all types of things that have to do with cancer. And mm -hmm. um, in the very first class, we talked about like, um, we talked about statistics concerning cancer and literally all, every, every slide was like, you know, black people, black men, black women, black people, 
black men, black women. And it's just like, you know, they're like racism touches every every corner in every study of education. And so like we do need to be knowledgeable about the the ways that being black manifests in all of the parts of our lives. Mm. And um I this semester I'm really like having like a like a awakening because like all of my classes are connected like talking about like racism in the medical field and then talking about like you know black women contributions to um the you know civil rights movement and things like that and then talking about black psychology and how like um you know the traditional line of psychology and study of psychology doesn't really like perfectly apply to black humans and how like we have to really take race more seriously Mm. because like you know people love to say like oh I don't see color or we're just all you know the only Mm. race is the human race and all of I don't care if you're black white or purple like (laughs) exactly but like truly like at this point in history that we're at like race does make a huge difference in the life experience that you have and race in coming years is starting to be more associated with like socioeconomic status as well and so like we can't just ignore the fact that these things are happening to black people specifically and um you know we have we also have to like embrace the idea of equity and not the concept of equality because like you know that's how we got into all of these situations in the first place separate but equal but it was not ever really equal Equal. and so like um I don't really remember your question about like (laughs) um no that makes sense you answered I was basically just saying like I hope that like the curriculums especially since you're seeing African-American studies on top of like classes that are focused on the medical field like hopefully they intersect and hopefully like your medical classes are teaching like the impacts of like black woman in pregnancy like exactly all that like there's a lot that encompasses like being a black woman and trying to go get help and I will say like being in Detroit is such like a a wonderful experience because like there are so many black professionals in Detroit, Michigan, which contrary to anyone's belief, because I know when people hear Detroit, they just hear like eight mile and Eminem and cash doll, whatever. But like, um, <laughs> like we, we really are like thriving and on the up and up with black professionals. And I have a black OBGYN here in Michigan mm-hmm. because again, there's, there's, Okay, there might not be a, a whole lot of us, but I get to see black women in these different leadership roles and in medicine and in law and in politics and things like that. And and not every black girl gets that experience mm. in the other places that we are occupying. So it has been wonderful and inspiring. So yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I love on that. the on the pre med track. What is the goal and why? I am an aspiring OBGYN um, and I have a special interest in reproductive endocrinology. I Mm -hmm. would like to be able to um, combat 
black mortality black maternal mortality and help more women also um fight their struggle with infertility there are so many women um who have the desires of becoming a mother and just can't figure out how um and i want to be a part of that change to help women you know reach those dreams because i most little girls do dream about becoming mothers and when they are met with the reality that they possibly will not be able to you know have their own child from them it's a hard reality to deal with and a lot of women you know fight those feelings of like being less than a woman or not reaching your full femininity and womanhood and things like that and of course there's more than one way to become a mother but if you have the the desire the want to have your own biological child I feel like you should have the right to and so I would like to of course be a part of that change and increase research and knowledge about just the female body in general and female reproductive health because um, I will let you know this, that most research does not concern women at all, and it does not invo- involve or um, explicitly address women, even things like um, blood pressure medication. Uh, most research is done on, are done on male mice, and then further on male um, subjects studies and Mm. the the real reason is because doing female studies are more expensive and most labs or most uh corporations um drug businesses and things like that don't want to spend the extra money to invest in um, female health studies so um and the thing is like because the female body is a little bit more complex than the male body because we have the womb and ovaries and we have to carry life. And because of our follicular cycle, our bodies behave differently throughout the different phases. Yeah. Um, and it costs a lot of extra money to find, you know, female mice in the luteal phase. Mm, uh, you wow. know things like that like the different phases like it, it costs a lot more money to study this amount of mice in this phase this amount of mice in this phase and um to keep studying it and the thing is like it's slightly inhumane to test on pregnant women and but like we do need to know like how does this medication affect a pregnant woman when normally that's why they tell you just stop taking all your medications because they don't know how it's going mm. to affect you and your baby. Mm. Um, but like, I about that. No. but it's like, you know, women who are pregnant that have high blood pressure, they still need to be regulating their blood pressure. You know, p- women who have diabetes who are pregnant, they still need to be able to regulate their sugar. So like mm. we have these like gaps in knowledge for women health in general, like not even just about, you know, your reproductive um system all your systems but there's uh there's lack of interest there's lack of funds and um yeah there's really no excuse because women have been along around just as long as men 
Like, and we take up half we take up half the population on earth. There's no there's no reason why there's still gaps in knowledge about how we um menstruate and how mm. we're able to contain life and give birth and things like that. So Oh my god. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm so excited. It's, it's eye opening when you yeah. like really sit down to like read about what we know. Like I, I took a biochem class to a year ago and I did my paper on my, my final paper on um the progesterone receptor and literally I'm doing my research and every every website I go to to read about the progesterone receptor it's like well we don't know a whole lot. This is what we do know. And that's it. And like, I really like, it really pained me to have to like write that in my paper as my conclusion. Like there's no knowledge. There's nothing like this. We know this happens, but we don't know how it happens. Mm. And that's it. That's all we have for you. So. Wow. That's why we need you. That's why we need you. Yes. (laughs) And hopefully a lot more like-minded women. Yeah. Up and coming with me. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like it's really good that you're also focusing on like black women and their reproductive health because I feel mm-hmm. like especially in this generation like a lot of women don't want to have kids or I wouldn't say a lot but I think a large majority of our generation is like waiting to have kids because they're like mm-hmm. I want to focus on my career I want to like make sure I have the money and like the stability to have a kid first but it's mm-hmm. like realistically like there's also a biological clock like if you wait you risk yes. like am I facing infertility later on like it's a really dicey situation. It is. And I would, as like my personal, not medical professional, whatever opinion, I am of the belief, you know, when the time is right for you, the time will be right for you. But I also do, I can't argue with the facts. Like if you're waiting to have a baby at 40 years old, you do have to be aware of the risk that you're taking. Thankfully, you know, we have more, a little bit more information and we have more technology um, and things like that. But if you are at the point where you do need like an extra boost or some help getting pregnant, in vitro is extremely expensive. It's extremely expensive and it's not covered by any insurance. Mm. And with in vitro, um, usually you have to commit to like three rounds or something like that. You have to commit to doing multiple rounds. If you do take that, um, that path to getting pregnant. So it's like you're chopping out $10,000 here, $10,000 there, $10,000 there, maybe more. Um, what? Just to possibly be able to get pregnant. Um, ten thousand per per round yeah it might be more than that oh, it's, it's extreme it's extremely expensive um if anybody is interested they can probably look up like gabrielle uni she has endometriosis um and mm-hmm. t- listening to her journey about getting pregnant um even though she wasn't able to um carry her own baby but like the fertility drugs are expensive and they weigh a lot on your like emotional well-being and it's Mm. it's it's 
stressful and a lot of work. So again, you have to do what's right for you and whatever that is. I'm a woman of faith. I believe that, you know, God will bless you with the desires of your heart. But science is science. And like I said, the money is not being invested in female health. So we have to do what's best for our bodies. And if that means not being able, not having a child when you're finally ready, then you also have to like think about what is most important to you. Like, is your life more important or is the life that you are willing, are wanting to create more important? Because a lot of women are also dying in childbirth, Black women specifically, um, for a plethora of reasons. But um, I know a lot of Black women deal with like extra like blood clots or mm. um, all, all types of things. But also like you have to have a a team that you can trust and that is willing to advocate for you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the most important part about like going into something so scary as to be pregnant and give birth. Like that's, that's something that's going to change your life forever, regardless yeah. of the outcome. And um, you just have to have a, a good support system, regardless mm-hmm. of what, what your reproductive journey is. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Oh, I just got like shivers up my spine. Like, oh my. Lots to think about. Like, oh my. It, it got, is a lot to think about. It does take a village, but like, even like, like I've been seeing a lot of pregnancy on my timeline. It's like, Me all right. <laughs> but also, oh, like, y'all been having fun. <laughs> yes. Okay? And like, one woman was like, this is how rich people do pregnancy. And she's like, I have a night nurse. I said a night yeah. nurse. And then somebody comes talking about some, yeah, that's supposed to be a grandma, but the grandmas don't be grandma. And I was like, you got me there because they don't. The grandma, the baby. Well, I just I feel like you know if you if you feel like you're gonna need help caring for your baby, which most people do. Yeah, you have to consult the people you want to be caring for your baby. Like ahead of time, if you if you make somebody a grandma before they're ready to be a grandma, then I don't know what to tell you. You need to go. Right. On, you need to go pay a grandma. That. It's it's true that that's really like, it. that I think that's why the girlies are waiting. And also just because they want to have fun in their twenties and like maybe they saw their parents like have to become parents way too early, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to just really stop that generational trauma of it all. Um, but that's pro- that's why I'm waiting. Like I think at the earliest, we think in twenty eight. But like I want to save up enough. I want to have enough have enough money in order to do my pregnancy right. Like I don't want to cut any mm-hmm. corners. Like I am a lady of convenience. I want to be comfortable at all times. And I know pregnancy is going to hurt. I know pre- it's going to be rough. But if I can do some mommy and me's, if I can get a night nurse, I mean, I already done told my mom, I said, you got four years to be without no children, no grandparents. But when it's time, when, I, when I'm pregnant, we're going to start moving you over to where I'm at. In 2028, the grandma is the baby. The grandma is the baby. The baby is the grandma. And I told my sisters, I said, don't ruin my plans because whoever has the kid first, that's going to be the favorite grandchild. And that's what she's going to go. So they know. They know. So just got to get a cul-de-sac or something because that's great. Yeah, move the whole family to the neighborhood. 
And I'll be perfectly fine with that. But like my sister runs and then Hope does hair. Well, she can do hair from anywhere. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But, you know, we're not talking about kids. No time soon. And y'all not about to be no aunties. No time oh, soon. Oh, and that's okay. Like, yeah, am I going to be a TT? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to spoil. I, one thing about me, I will spoil a baby. Yeah. And give him back. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Until I have my own. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really no rush. You have a long time before it started it starts to get scary like if you're trying to have your first baby at 38 okay then maybe we need to have a different conversation but like if you're having your last baby at 38 you know that's cool yeah but like 28 is not old in any shape or form Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like on instagram i feel like you know we have unrealistic family expectations or lifestyle expectations like never in a million years would I have ever wanted to be a mama at 20 years old but like it's people on Instagram getting paid to be mamas at 20 years old having you know full-blown families by 25 and that's cool for them but you know you always have to kind of take a break and check in with yourself like yeah. If I'm meeting the goals that I want for myself, if, for myself. it's a goal of, exactly. If it's a yeah. goal that you want to have a baby by 25, then, and you don't have a boyfriend and you 23, then maybe we need to re uh, evaluate what our goals are. Exactly. exactly. So it's like, you know, tailor your life to yourself and not yeah. anybody else. Right. Ever. And especially, I'd say those family vloggers or people, even the ones you see on TikTok, I see some really cute families, but I'm like, realistically, Mm. I think a lot of it gets glamorized very quickly. Yeah. And they don't, of course, no one's like popping up like a a camera and a ring light to show the baby crying at 3 a.m. Or they do, that's a little insane. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't really see the negative sides of like, I think sometimes, especially if there are really young moms and they kind of glamorize it. I know I've seen even on Twitter, young moms be like, I'm not about to be no old mom. And it's like, you're going to be a young grandma. How about that? Right. You're never going to get rid of those kids. That and that's part. the thing that nobody thinks about. Like, once you have the kids, they are not going anywhere. So, like, if you're not ready to have kids forever, do not start having kids. Right. And that's something that, that nobody thinks about. Like, you just, the kids are always going to be there. Yeah. So, why why not just wait a little bit longer before you are conjoined with them? Even that, it's it's not even just like I feel like outside of that also a lot of people have kids because they love baby fever and they love the idea of having a cute small baby. Yeah, but go now work once at that, a daycare. Right. Once that kid grows up, mm. are you still going to have that same excitement? Because I think a lot mm. of them are wanting to have a baby but not raise a child, and it's like this is a whole yeah. human. And yeah. like, even like babies are expensive, and I I I think a lot of people just want like little living accessories that's what like the vibes are giving like oh I want a baby so I can dress them up like Mm -hmm. you know like me and we can take cute pictures and stuff but it's like everything else that comes with the child are you ready for and I feel like not to like change the conversation completely but like a lot of the you know the new generation of kids like maybe kindergarten first grade second grade they are extremely lacking like education and like little things that they should have learned before they even came to school they don't know and that's hard on teachers that like 
this kid should have been met this benchmark. Yeah. And I don't think that people think about all of the other stuff that maybe we got as kids. Like, I remember I used to be watching Elmo left and right, and I used to learn all types of stuff. Like, I learned how to spell and read from Elmo. Mm. And so, like, when I got to kindergarten, I'm sure it wasn't, I'm sure I wasn't any problem like I knew the main stuff that I needed to know but like these kids don't even know how to hold a pencil they got their mind that's it yeah it's like it's like you you're five years old you don't even know how to write your name and it's like that's okay like hopefully the teacher is equipped to deal with that but sometimes they're not Mm -hmm. and um a lot of our kids are like falling behind or are just getting like aimlessly pushed through without mm-hmm. actually retaining the information that they need to be like good citizens of society like right. I know people even now I know people like that are legal adults and barely know how to read and that's that's unacceptable Mm-mm. in any shape or form and so like you know we have to know that having a child is a larger a, a like civil responsibility that you you raise that kid to be a working citizen in society and nobody nobody thinks about those things when they make the baby or they have the cute baby shower and all of that stuff they just want the the kid to leave them alone but it's like you you have to you know pour into a child and, and grow them up like a garden and if you're not giving them like the necessary nutrients or you know the necessary um tools to succeed they're not going to yeah yeah goodness yeah it's very scary even even like like discipline like i saw a tiktok the other day i don't know if you guys saw this too it was like generation alpha which i think is like the generation now that is children that has grown up COVID babies yeah, yeah, they were saying that Generation Alpha, and this is coming from a teacher, I think. She said, we're raising a generation of little narcissists, which mm. is a strong word. But she was like, honestly, like, I'm coming and seeing children that have been, like, gentle parented to the point where their parents are not saying no to them. So they come to school and everyone mm. thinks that their way is the highway. And they've never been told no. They've been taught that whatever they feel is how everyone else should feel. And it's literally, like, hell in a classroom for a teacher to raise a bunch of kids that all think their way is right. And they cannot, oh. like see anything outside of that and I literally didn't even think about that because I've seen so much stuff about the gentle parenting thing too like mm-hmm. of course validate your children's feelings and stuff but I also do think that structure no. and discipline is needed in like early no. development years like yeah children need structure you can't just let them do whatever they want exactly yeah mm-hmm. oh, that's that's very real because kids these days are extremely entitled and you know oh. Yeah. I, I don't know what that is all about <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what that is all about like that's all I can say but right Girl. and it makes it hard if you're raising your child to be how you want them to be mm-hmm. and now they go to school and it's kind of like undoing like they're they're now surrounded by that mentality it's like it's undoing all the work you're doing at home so it's like yeah I don't know it's just it's a lot of stuff like even just like the school system matching up with like at home parenting you know like the mm-hmm. teachers expecting the teachers expecting the parent to do x y and z and the parent is not doing those things that makes it hard on the teacher mm-hmm. and but like on the opposite and it's like you know 
if the teacher is just kind of getting pushed through too, like a lot, you know, we need teachers. And so it seems these days they're just letting anybody be a teacher. So it's like if they're, if the teacher is not given, you know, the proper training to be a good leader and mentor to these kids, that also causes problems in the house. And so like, I actually um, attended an event today about like, how we need to like restructure schools and take uh, another peek at like curriculum and what we're teaching our kids because like it doesn't seem like we're we're molding good citizens mm-hmm. to go out into the world mm-hmm. at this point in time yeah. and it's no I, it's hard to pinpoint whose fault it is like kids also are consuming way too much like media public media oh easily and i think that we do also have like a lot of too much access to people's lives Mm -hmm. like you know i I watched a tiktok the other day about a man and he was saying like he was saying like i i know why y'all relationships not lasting because you want to talk to them 24 7 like i just left you and i didn't even get a chance to miss you you cussing me out because i didn't text you back like, you know, like we just have way too much mm-hmm. access to each other. Yeah. Where like mm-hmm. even even personally lately I've been feeling like I just need like time to myself. Like I don't want to talk to anybody. I just need like an unplug. Like mm-hmm. if it would be better if you were here in next to me, but like I can't talk on the phone with you all the time. Like I just mm-hmm. can't. Sometimes I just need to turn my phone off. Yeah. So if we can if we can go play patty cake, I will greatly more appreciate that than <laughs> be texting. Like sometimes right. it's just like overwhelming and overstimulating all the time. But it's yeah. like what else can we do Besides, to yeah. stay to stay like socialized? You know, and I think that that could have possibly been like you know, an after effect of the pandemic and things like that, but it's just it's an interesting space to be in experiencing like a a pivot in the world yeah yeah especially heavy on like the overstimulated like I felt that way forever where like I feel like texting and constantly texting and calling Mm -hmm. makes me feel very overstimulated and very overwhelmed and I'm like I'd rather see you in person but I also can't see you in person so it's like exactly you're kind of forced to and it's like this like constant state of like stressed out honestly yes Mm -hmm. like too like it's just sometimes just too much yeah and um there's no there's really no way like to fix it or get around it but like we have to start coming up with some types of ways because even though we're moving into like the tech technology age or something like that it's just like sometimes I feel weird holding a pencil these days like Mm. writing notes on paper it's sometimes feels weird because most of my assignments I type and submit on my you know online or whatever so it's like yeah filling something out and turning it into the teacher I haven't done that in years yeah but it's like we're we're losing some we're at least I guess maybe this is how the old people feel like they used to write letters they used to but maybe that's just the way that life goes and we're yeah. just starting to become the old people, even though we're not that old. But like, people are just like, "Well, I used to have to run home and <laughs> wait for my mama to get off the phone to be able to talk to somebody," you know, like things like that. 
yeah. So it's like, we're just you know evolving on yeah. on the other end now. Facts. Yeah. We're seeing the repercussions of it all. And we're like, oh, well, dang. Yeah, now I know how y'all felt. I, I do. I get it. I think I get it. Um, yeah. The worst part is that we're not even at fault for most of it. It's just no, it just happened. It yeah. just life, 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 and the pandemic didn't help not one bit. Um, no. But to bring it back to the topic, yes. what are some things women should be doing to keep up with their daily health? Um, what I'm about to tell you is probably like the most basic stuff you ever heard um but of course things like exercise healthy eating um for your vaginal health definitely avoid like strong perfumes around your no-no square like definitely like avoid honeypot summer's eve all of those things um quick because yes. what's wrong with honeypot because we i got that in the shower right now and i'm using the pads what's wrong with them um <laughs> Because I know the girl is like, like uh, it's just, I, use, I, use I the know pad. that it's black owned. I know honeypot is black owned. Um, well, it was black owned. I don't think it's black owned anymore. Yeah. Um, which I will tell you that is a problem. The recipes have changed. Just mm. like just like that happens with all our uh, yeah, like hair products. Like you know, once once they go mainstream, the quality is not the same anymore. I see. Um, but like specifically with like honey pot or like any type of like um like vaginal soap or cleaner yeah you may be getting getting rid of like the bad bacteria but mm. really like you're getting rid of all of it oh and so like you know your your vaginal um Hell? environments mm. yeah like like you need certain um micro microbes microbes i think that's the proper word like you need you need certain good bacteria in there to keep the feng shui proper and so like when you use like those things that strip your um lining you can have like certain issues like irritation or like itching or um like unusual discharge because your body's trying to like recalibrate and you keep like mm. knocking it off its balance. I so it's best, it's best to just use like water. And if you do feel like you need like some extra like sprucing up, you can use like, um, like, like a white dove. soap, like dove, like a white soap, just like something very basic mm. on the outside. But never anything should go on the inside ever. The pads, I, I will say, like personally, I don't like the honey pot pads. Um, I don't like that. I don't like that tingling mint. You feel. don't like the spice? I love the spice. No, I, I hate spice. that. The first time I tried them, I I really felt like something was wrong. Like I'm like, what is going on down there? Um, so personally, I don't enjoy those. Um. But like, just avoid anything that has any strong scents. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes with like lotions, soaps, sprays, anything like that that can, um, you know, knock your pH balance off. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dr. Bronner's good, like a plain Dr. Bronner's. Um, not again, not on the inside. On the outside, it's fine. Just like, Lovely. just be cognizant of Lovely. where the soap is going. Person, yeah. I. I also um, would recommend like 
if you don't already using multiple like washcloths or um, mm -hmm. towels, whatever you use to clean your body um, so that like you can make sure that you're not contaminating yourself with like the soaps and the smells and things. Yeah. Um, so personally, like I can have like one personal for my for my area and then everything else pretty much. So like that yeah. will also help you to um, avoid irritation and things like that. Also, of course, like, you know, drink lots of water. Um, that will always be good for your health in general. Yeah. All every everything, you know, your skin, all of that. And also like um just visit the doc the doctor regularly. I know that people just be like, I feel good, like I don't need to go to the doctor. Um but you never know what underlying things might be happening. Like personally, like from my experience, um, I know that I tend to get sick like when I'm under a lot of stress or like if I'm not getting a lot of sleep. And so like I might I might have caught something not like an STI, but just in general, like I might have caught some type of bug or um virus, bacteria, whatever, and it doesn't present itself until like I my immune system lowered. So like mm -hmm. keeping keeping those other things up, like taking your vitamins regularly, vitamin C, woman's um vitamin. I take vitamin D. Most black people are vitamin deficient, so vitamin D. Um, I take a biotin. Zinc is also very good for um your immune system. So like making sure like you're you're being proactive about your health and not reacting. Mm -hmm. Um, but like things like you might you might be having like a tough month or period of life, and then you notice all of a sudden you are also sick. That's because, you know, mm -hmm. all of those other things are affecting your immune system. So, like, just making sure, like, you're staying on top of your health whole, uh, you know, holistically and not, like, individualistically. So. I see. And to that point yeah. about going to the doctors, how truly important is it for the girlies to get a pap smear? Um, pap smears are like if you don't know a pap smear basically is when your OBGYN takes like a she takes like a, 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 st a stroke a what I call it a duck okay no oh yes she does put the speculum in but okay. you know there we go she, she also takes like you know a swab and she scrapes some cells off your cervix for testing and um is to screen you for cervical cancer just to see like, you know, to make sure that your, um, you know, your cells are still healthy. Um, and pap smears, you should be getting them pretty much every three years. Oh, and um, okay. yeah, every three years after the age of 21, it, it's recommended that like, as soon as you become sexually active, that you should start getting pap smears. I, I've heard like differing views about that, but at the very least, once you become 21, you should start getting a pap smear. Yeah. Um, because again, like it has nothing to do with like, has nothing to do with your like sexual health. It has to do with like your reproductive health. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you become sexually active, you do open yourself up to being um, susceptible to 
diseases that might increase your likelihood for cervical cancer. So that's why they would like you to start getting them once you become sexually active. But it's not, it has nothing to do with like you being sexually active. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you should also be getting screened for HPV um, every like five-ish years. Mm. And most of us like younger women should be like um, have the immunizations for HPV, but there's a lot of different strains. Um, there's malignant strains and benign strains. So like you want to just make sure like you have your bases covered and you are you know in good health standing all the way around yeah That's i remember that shot specifically because it yes. hurt so it did hurt. oh my god like, like that one yeah and i think i think there might have been like a couple like rounds of it like i don't think it was just mm-hmm. one shot it might have been like two or three yeah sets of shots so like i'm most of us should have got gotten it but like um hpv does increase your likelihood for cervical cancer as well so mm-hmm. um yeah and um some like i know like everybody always hears about like breast cancer or lung cancer or you know all all these other types of cancer but cancer is like is very common amongst women of course like we're the only ones with cervixes Mm -hmm. but um it's the fourth most commonly occurring cancer in women um and that's you know very very high on the list like of course we can get all the other cancers that men can get except for like you know prostate cancer pretty much but um cervical cancer is a a very high concern for women and black women specifically considering um we are twice as likely to die from cervical cancer as um white women which i don't really know what the reasoning for that is and there could be an array of reasons that is but we need to make sure that we are going to the doctor so that we can at least catch it before it becomes like a problem Mm. i see for sure yeah yeah and and when you're getting that pap smear are there anything like things that you can ask your ob like for example like blood work or like std screening like what does that look like talking to your ob um i just want first and foremost like girls to stop being so um like nervous or like shy to talk to their OBGYN um my recommendation is to find a female um yeah I know someone I know someone have men OBGYNs and prefer that that's perfectly fine um but I as a woman I have I have a black OBGYN who's also my mentor Mm. um and seeing like her relationship with her patients is something that like cannot be replicated by a man Mm -hmm. and um you know she's able to to discuss like her personal experiences that a man cannot tell you like he can tell you the things that he read in the book the things that he was taught and learned um through his training but like as someone who's like like physically been through being a woman there's not there's nothing else that can replace like that wisdom. And mm-hmm. so like building a relationship with your OBGYN I think is very important so that you can trust them 
and mm. be able to ask them the questions that you have. Like if you go to the OBGYN and you feel like, and you're going even just like not on a special visit, just like for your, your regular checkup, whatever. If you have a question, just, just ask. I mean, like n- there's nothing that you can ask her that she hasn't heard before and if she hasn't like she will figure out how to get you those answers like Mm. if you have questions about birth control if you have questions about if you might be pregnant if you want to get pregnant if you think you have an STI like um she she is the one person who will not judge you if you you know like any any concerns that you have she will be able to guide you through getting you to your desired outcome um so like just again find someone that you can trust that you like and that you're comfortable with um because that is an intimate relationship that you have to build with them and hopefully like you build a good relationship where you want to stay with them for a while um so like that's just my recommendation like she doesn't care about your underwear. She doesn't care about what bra you wore. She doesn't care about all this stuff. So I see TikToks about that all the time, like how women like hide their their That's intimate it. clothing. Like nobody cares. Like personally, like again, like I am comfortable with my OBGYN because she's also my mentor. Like I've I've built like a relationship with her, but like if she asks me to take off my clothes, then I'm just gonna take off my clothes because She's she's gonna see it regardless. Like <laughs> it's there's no it's way around it. <laughs> exactly. She has to see it all. And you want them to you want them to care to want to go the extra mile for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like just because you said everything is good does not mean that everything is good. Yeah. Um, and so like you have to pick somebody who's who's a a good doctor like mm. a a good doctor in in a trusted doctor so like mm. um that's that's my two cents on that so yeah like just just don't be afraid because um google can't help you the same way your doctor can um in getting you the test that you may need or answering the questions that you the burning question that you might have typed in on google 20 times before you got to her you should take that opportunity like your time with her like to get all of your jitters out so that Mm -hmm. you can you know feel safe in your life when you leave her office yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely i guess like also like you mentioned the point of like going to your pap smear also tested how often should the girlies get tested if they're sexually active um, every time you have a new partner, you should be getting tested. I will also like say like if you have a consistent partner, um, just like make sure that you trust them. Like, of course, you have take the necessary protective measures. Um, but like, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but like whoever you sleep with you're sleeping with everyone that they've slept with Mm. um and Mm. they're sleeping with everyone you slept with so like um 
and and you sleep with everyone that they've slept with and it just keeps keeps going keeps going and keeps going so like you know you're you're introducing all of these like potentials to your body so just be safe and um you know have those discussions with your partner as well like have you gone tested can we go get tested together can we you know compare test results to make sure that everything that I'm comfortable and I feel safe with you um and like if you have like a consistent partner that you trust that you are their only partner and they are your only partner um I would say like with your yearly physical just to like just make sure like that's just standard screening if your doctor knows that you're sexually active they will go ahead and um honestly like I don't even know if they care that you're sexually active I think they still run the test just to make sure like yeah I think after you turn like 15 or something that's just a a necessary thing that goes on your blood panel but Mm. also like do not be afraid to go pee in that cup yeah do not and do not be afraid to get your blood drawn and you know have your doctor run the test like you might know that you're okay or you might think that you're okay but again like you never know like a lot of stis are like dormant or might not um might not present themselves in the like cliche ways that you might think or Mm -hmm. like you might not notice this like slight change um and also with men like men also present stis a lot less dramatically as women Mm. um and so you know your partner might say like they feel perfectly fine but they might have been carrying an sti and didn't even know it and not saying that it's not their fault because they should be getting tested regularly so they could have caught that but like a lot of people don't go to get tested unless they feel like there's something wrong Mm. um and that shouldn't be the case you Mm, should you should always be you know more safe than sorry Mm -hmm. right absolutely oh Oh my my goodness i feel like i learned so much this episode (laughs) literally literally uh the honeypot wash is gonna have to go in the trash uh, yeah, but, do not use that heavy pot. I will like if I have time for a little story. Like, absolutely. Literally, um, you know, I live in Detroit, Michigan, and so like the pretty much my uh OBGYN her almost her entire patient base is Black women, which mm. is also like really amazing to experience. Um, as an aspiring OBGYN and like as a student, like seeing the doctor look like me and the patient look like me, it's just a great mm. like it's a great environment to be in and a great learning environment. Um, but she had like a, like influx of women coming in that were freaking out because they had like, they didn't, there was something wrong. Like they couldn't really put their foot on what was the issue. Um, but like, you know, they had itching, irritation and they, they're like, you know, like I don't have any STIs. Like this doesn't feel like bacteria vaginosis. Like, do I have a yeast infection? Like, what is this? Um, some of them might have had like a small like sense difference like again like their flora had changed um and you know she's asking all of these questions trying to figure out like what could 
possibly be the problem. Um, she also does something cool, which I don't know if all doctors do, but I think they're so cool that she does. Um, she always swabs for cells, and instead of like just doing like blood work or things like that, she looks at the the vaginal cells on a microscope. And so, like you know, you can look at the colonies, the vaginal colonies, oh. whatever. Um, and so, like you can you can test to see, but like if they have a bacterial vaginosis, you can see like the little bacterial colonies, whatever, on the um, on the plate. Wow, I want her to be my doctor. I'm about to. Yeah, she's she's a really great doctor, but like, um, I'm sure that there's at least one black OBGYN in every one city, at least one, prayerfully. Um, so like we were looking at the slides, and all of these women, when we went to look at the slides, it's no, it's no cells. Like there's nothing on there. Like we're not seeing anything. Like we might, we're seeing like a couple cells, but like it should have been a slide full of cells and so like you know we're going back to ask like what are the things that you're using like on your vagina and all of them said that they were using honeypot um they all of them are using either the honeypot wipes or the honeypot like um vaginal wash um and the thing is like that's only something that you would have thought about if you were dealing with black women because you know black of course, mm. like honeypot is a black owned, you know, feminine hygiene brand. And of course, all of us want to support black businesses and black women. And so like all of them were using honeypot. And so that was her recommendation. Like there's nothing wrong. Like you just need to stop using that. And wow. um, in, in a week or two, call me and let me know like ha- if anything has changed like there's n- there's nothing that I can do for you but let your um you know your vaginal floor recuperate so you know take some um probiotics you know eat some yogurt to like help help rebuild the the good healthy bacteria that is supposed to be in your vagina so yeah wow the more you know, frick. Listen, because the first time yeah. I used the honey pot pad, my friend gave it to me on like a trip because I didn't have any. And she said, here you go. I put that thing on. I was sitting around at the conference like, what is going what on? What is going on? <laughs> I didn't know the spice was spicing. And I literally thought I had to go to the nurse or the doctor or something because I was like, I don't know what's happening right now, but I'm literally on fire. Yeah. It's okay. So, so the wipes and the wash, bad. But what about yes. the pads? The pads. I think the pads are a toss up. Personally, like I said, like I wouldn't be putting anything that has a scent on your directly on your vagina. So mm. like I, I don't know what the different flavors they have. <laughs> but if they have like you know, if they have like a like a basic like non scented version, mm. um, that would probably be a good option. Mm. I would just I just use like regular like just Here, okay. regular pads. Hand pads. Yes, something that's just basic. I've tried. I really have been wanting to get into the organic pad, like way of life. And so I was like, oh, honey pot is the first thing. So do you have any organic pad recommendations or tampons? Like, Uh, I don't, I have, I don't know any other like brands. Honey pot is the main one that I hear when I hear, like hear about like organic brands. Yeah. Um, you might, there might be like a, um, an article or two like somewhere. A, like a generic there might be like a generic organic pad that you can probably substitute mm. for 
something again yeah. like unscented and you know might be a little bit better for the earth so like some, some, something again the sense is like the biggest thing mm-hmm. introducing mm-hmm. like 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 that's that's like a a level one irritant to your vagina she doesn't like any extra smell she smells just fine the way that she is um gotcha. so like wow what whatever the whatever the scent that you were used to, that's it. Just leave it alone. Mm. So yeah. Question: Did your doctor, did your OB write an article on that, like on the the women and their no. honeypot experiences? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, like that's just like that's it was just a random day. Like literally, we had like three patients all in about the same exact thing. It was just like a crazy oh. like. Um, crazy coincidence that all of them had the same exact issue. Yeah, I wonder so, if that was like after they got bought out, and the formula I, probably changed. Like that's it was that's like mm, early 2022. So like I don't know when they got bought out, but like yeah. it might have been around. It might have been around the exact time that like the uh formula had changed because you know like um. I know there was like this whole like Twitter to debacle about like honey pots not organic anymore. They have all of these uh extra chemicals and you don't know what this is and blah blah blah. But like you know, some sometimes you do need like those preservatives to maintain like the freshness of X, Y, and Z. So like, yeah. you know, just if you do have concerns, you can always Google what are the ingredients to see like if you think this is something that should be you know entered into my body or around my body or on my body mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh, goodness. that's crazy because yeah. you just you just don't know these days you don't you don't, you don't. and this lady like, her grant her ancestors gave her the recipe like damn what tell her, tell her just give me the recipe right and i'll make it too like that's what she needed to do because right, yeah. you know once you sell it out to like big corporations they are going to do whatever they want and like and um they can say they can say whatever they want they don't legally have to like tell you the truth and Mm. that's really like a whole other story a whole other story a whole other episode (laughs) yes it is oh Oh my my gosh wow this is great this was Um, this was amazing i mean we I think this, we, we didn't really have like, other than like, obviously corporate, we didn't really have like an educational episode other than Cabo, but I don't even remember if that was this season. That was last season. That was yeah. last season. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But still, it's really good that we have somebody with a different perspective because me and Faith both come from business backgrounds. So we have no yeah. clue of any of this. So thank you again for coming and confirmation of the week. I mean, this is your sign to go to the guy now. That part. Yes. Okay. Quickly. <laughs> yeah, I will say like I think like insurance is very uh not expensive. Well, it is expensive, but it's confusing in and of itself. I will say like mm-hmm. I have insurance. I don't understand it for real. I just pay it and go about my day. But if you're looking for like trying to find a doctor, quite literally anything. And this is an ad, but I absolutely this is how I found all my doctors. Go to Zocdoc, put your insurance carrier in there, put your zip code in there, and then you can do like your preferred like 
gender identity, preferred, um, mm. uh, um, what is it, uh, ethnicity. And mm. I tried to find black women in Denver. I haven't been able to find one, but she's an Indian lady and she's amazing. So okay. basically at this point. And, yeah. um, but I have had a black OBGYN and she actually, she gave me PTSD for having what? a black. Yes. It was crazy. Like she, um, what is it? This was like when I first was getting sexually active and I was like, oh, need to get my pap, pap, let me get my pap smear. Got about to get my pap smear. I was like, oh, found a black lady. Like she accepts my insurance. I was so excited. And so I have really, really bad anxiety. So I'm like, oh my gosh, can I put on some of my calm playlist? Like she's like, okay. And, she, and I'm like, like shaking and I'm just so scared. This is, I think yeah. my second pap smear, but my first pap smear by a black lady. And um, she is like, I need you to open up your legs, open up your legs, open up your legs. And she's like, if you can put a penis in here, you should be able to put this in there. And I was like, you're not stimulating me. Like, there's no stimulation right now. Like, what? And I literally was sitting there like, is this allowed? What? what? Cut the cameras. Like, what the literal oh. break? I was just like, I mean, she is my OB, so I'm going to. And the thing is, she did take my blood work, and she did let me know that I was pre-diabetic. So that was a good side of things. for like That's why I was very like adamant about talking about blood work and things like that, because it's very important. I wouldn't have known. I would have kept on eating my uh, Quaker oatmeal pack, one pack, and bacon every morning. <laughs> I've been doing that. No, but it was my routine. Um, but yeah, like I have PTSD from there. I've gotten over it because since then I've gotten, I've, I've got pap smears since then. Um, but I, I do understand how if somebody else had that, they would never go back to get yeah. a pap smear. I get it. Yeah. And I think it's, ugh. oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was just saying like, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And like, that's just like, you know, the same like all skin folk not kin folk and that's yeah. okay like you know and that's why the trust is the most important part like if you can find mm-hmm. if you can find somebody who you trust regardless of what their identifications are like that's the most important part because like again like that's a very intimate like meeting with somebody yeah, um, yeah. where like it has to be somebody that you know is going to take care of you yeah um and also like about the whole speculum thing my ob my ob she uses like the smallest speculum possible how um and so like if you do have issues with like the whole speculum thing like i would just ask like is there a smaller one like is there a smaller size that you can use like because that would be preferred yeah um and you know when you first have like your consultation like just advocate for yourself mm-hmm. you know your body and like if that's something that you know like is going to be very painful for you or like you know you know you're not used to something like that then just ask you never know what the possibilities are mm-hmm. and like if they know that like I'm not used to this. It's my first time, like, or whatever the case may be. Like, I should hope that they would help to cater as best as they can to make your experience more comfortable. Yeah. And I will say, like, the thing is, I've had, I think, three or four pap smears. Because I had, mm-hmm. I, I got one every year. I just wanted to make sure everything was good. And this past one, I have a calm playlist that I usually play play every pap smear. 
when I tell you, I, I had to tell myself, I said, Faith, you need to relax. You just need to relax. When I relaxed, and also I think this just being a really good OB, it was probably under 15 seconds. Like yeah. I was completely relaxed. I was like, you are not in danger. Cause like when it's like a foreign object entering, like, like it, not that it's not consensual, but it's like, I really don't even want this for real. I know, I know I just yeah. got to do it for real. And I relaxed and I was like, girl, are you done? And she said, yeah, you're good. I was like, I was, I said, girl, you did your thing. Like that was so fast. Like, I think that was the fastest pap smear. Like I was hyping her up because I get so scared every pap smear. That just is what it is. I'm like, let me put my, my Bruno Major on, like my Matt Quinton, you know, my calm music. So I can really get these beats per minute all the way down. And this, like, Mm -hmm. I need to be in a state of just pure relaxation. And with the bright lights in the white room, sometimes it's, that's really hard. So I will say, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a seasoned pap smear. And okay. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're better than me because I have not had one. I know that's really bad to say, but now I have to. Honestly, yes, you do. my yeah. friend, she just recently got her first one. We we're both very like, we wanted to go together, but timing just didn't work out. She went and she was like, oh, like they actually like did my pap smear and actually found out that I was like liable to get cancer in like a year or two so wow. like it was a really good screening that they did because even like it runs in my family too like I honestly need to do it ASAP and like hearing someone personally that you know go through something like that will really encourage you to go do it because I was also yeah. and I heard Faith's story when she t- when that happened about the lady and you know the you know just the experience <laughs> that she had so yeah. knowing that I feel like you can get easily scared depending on who you are around and what they say about it but like realistically mm-hmm. it's like it's better to just find out on your own mm-hmm. yeah yeah. And yeah. you need to do it. Like it's a part of life. So Yeah. You know, the sooner that you get used to the idea, I sh- should hope the easier it'll be to just do it. Knock it yeah. out. It's a check yeah. off. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. Oh my and god. And you need to know. I love that. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Informational to say the very right. least. <laughs> Listen. Oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, we want to run into our why would you say that and our calls and request line first for calls the request line actually moms I feel like we just knock out these first three because they've been waiting for a minute Facts. um the first one says when are y'all gonna up- update the intro we didn't <laughs> well we were sitting here like what should we update about it because realistically nothing's changed besides like season five to season six yeah. And we're, we were still the same age. I mean, now I'm 23, so that's the only difference. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Denasia. I mean, we put it on the page, but we never said it. Thank we you. recorded. So, happy birthday. We're, we're both 23 at the moment, which is weird. Yeah. We're usually never the same age. It's like like a two-month gap that we're that we're the same age. So I was going to say, we have like a solid month and a half of us being like 23. 23. <laughs> so, I'm glad to be in the Jordan Club. Thank you yeah. very much. I feel honored. Um, so, yeah, y'all. We're going to – we update the intro, but like – we. When we saw this, we said, dang, the girlies was really honest this day. <laughs> they was tired of seeing the old one, but it's like, there's not much change. We're still corporate girlies. We, we're still in we're our living in the same cities. Like, there's not much. Like, Well, I guess we didn't update. Do you? Did we talk about you living in Denver in the new one? Yeah, I want to say I said Denver. We were, I was oh, in yeah. Denver by then. So I was going to say, yeah. The, oh, um, the next big update is if one of us move or if, when I get engaged, like that's literally not the, when. The next, like, <laughs> period. Okay. You're gonna put that in the intro. Like, I am okay, a 2020 bride, you know, 2025 bride. Like, yeah, like that's that's literally the next intro. And but sorry, we know we should have been on it. But when I tell you, like, 2023 has been one of the best slash worst years 
yes of has. my adulthood oh easily yeah. but I it's, it's like that every year like i felt the same way about yes. 2022 and I feel like 2021 yeah. yeah give me this but, yeah. but i but i will say 2020 do, i think being 23 or just my 23rd year of life like it was my first year of post-grad for real i learned how to spend money on myself like I moved several times. I traveled several times. Like, I felt like I really took this adulting stuff seriously more than yeah. I, I, I thought I was really doing the adulting stuff, but I feel like this is the first year that I'm like, no, like I'm an adult, unfortunately. I hate saying it, but I, I feel like I really did my big one with my goal setting and what right. happened. And we'll get into that in like our 2023 recap and things like that. But I really felt like I did my big one as like Faith Leanne Craig this yeah. year. So you government, know, first middle government. Left. First middle, first middle, last. You feel me? Yeah. Um, that's exactly yeah. how it feels. That's how I felt when I turned when I turned twenty three because I was looking back at like uh, my birthday from last year and I literally was like two weeks into moving out here and yeah. I I literally just went to a little Uzi concert for the hell of it because I didn't want to like just not do anything for my birthday. I don't yeah. even like a little Uzi like that. I mean, I you know I can rock do the little rock the hips thing, but besides that's that, it. I really listen to him. Yeah, so it's crazy to look back and see where you've been for a full year because man. I think twenty twenty three recap is definitely going to hit hard. Oh, easily. Even if even part even the later half of twenty twenty two because yeah, that was that was that was that was corporate really start. That was when it started. Yeah. Um, and then someone else said Faith and Miss Cheeseburger got beef for real. No pun intended. What episode was that? That we did we recapped. I recapped Mexico. What did I think you recapped Beyonce? I think I recapped. Yeah, it was just our life updates episode. It yeah. was just life updates, and basically, this lady um, was forced to feed an octopus and trying to trying to make me feel bad for ordering a cheeseburger at a steakhouse. So, it, life happens. You know, coworkers going co work basically is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, we we don't got beef. She just she's just her. That <laughs> sometimes coworkers are just them. Okay, yeah. um, and finally. Love this recent podcast of y'all ranting so relatable. I want to what episode? Well, it was the flow episode. Yeah, she said flow was giving you a warning, Denasia. LOL. She sure was. Me yeah. on that plane fighting for my life. Bleeding on the airplane is crazy. Crazy. I said there's got to be something with like the elevation. Like there's got to be some weird reason why this is happening, and I don't know why. why. I'll get to the bottom of it if I let y'all know. I'll, I'll keep posted. But yeah, I was yeah. fighting for my life that entire week from missing the plane to flight, the spirit to, to the spirit the- to United having to come in and step in and yeah, and then flow telling me it's your period late, and then and not being late when <laughs> it's actually there. I just didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to do why would you say that or do the last call from the quest line and finalize with why would you say that? Let's do the last call. Um, so this person says, hi girlies. I'm half black and half white. I never fit in being biracial growing up. I have frizzy hair. My skin is pale. I am now 20 and I feel like I'm having an identity crisis. I just feel so out of place in life. Yeah. Um, and we were trying to figure out like, because we didn't grow up, we black grandparents and black, like, you know. We're, we're black, so we don't really know. Sorry, full black. You black too. Um, we didn't really know how to go about this, so I'm gonna let Denaja take the floor because y'all know she better better at words than me. Okay, <laughs> okay. So for this one, um, yeah, like like they said, like we are not biracial ourselves, so we don't really have that experience. But we're glad that you can still listen to the podcast and relate to us because at yeah. the end of the day, like 
black women, we go through a lot. And I'm glad that like you can find some type of like relatability in in us. Um, And so like when I was trying to think about like ways that you can try to see yourself in other people, a lot of it comes down to who you're around and what you consume. And so I'm thinking like, if anything, if this helps, like maybe you can curate your social media or like people that you follow or your influencers or idols, people you look up to, to look like you. Whether that's finding more mixed influencers or people that um, identify as black and white as well. And like, even, even maybe like black and Asian, like whoever you can find that's biracial that have talked about their experiences online. I feel like that could be your first step. If you feel like, you know, the place that you're in right now, you don't fit in. I'm assuming you don't know any other biracial friends in real life. So maybe you can find them um, through social media and like use it to your advantage. Yeah. Um, I would also say like, find some books that talk about the biracial experience. Like Mm -hmm. moms, I don't know if you mentioned one when we were like, while you talk, I'm gonna look it up. Okay. Yeah. So like find a book that talks about biracial experiences and how somebody got over that. I feel like lately I've really been getting into like books that I can relate to and books that I can like Mm -hmm. see myself in. And I feel like it honestly does a lot of healing to like read somebody else's experience and see how they overcame it. And hopefully like that works for you too. And journal too, also. Like you don't even have to just read somebody else's experience. You can write down your own and look back and see how far you've come with like finding out where you fit in. And hopefully that can help you get through your identity crisis too. Um, And realistically, like I'm not biracial. I don't know how this works for you, but I genuinely feel like black people are more accepting as a community. Yeah. And I feel like if you go into a white community, they see you as black. Mm -hmm. If you go into a black community and you're biracial, and you say you're biracial and you're like, yeah, I'm biracial, but I'm black. Like you're black, like realistically. And it's like, I think a lot of white communities, they don't care who your mom was, who your dad was, if you're mints or not. If you have curly hair and you have black features, you are black. So I feel like honestly, like if you can find like a BSU on your campus, if you're in school or like any type of black organization where you can kind of learn about that side for you, or even talking to your mom or your dad, whoever's the black parent, like finding that side, I think, will be a lot more helpful for you than trying to like fit into the white community. I don't know. I, that's my personal opinion. I feel like there's definitely a different level of acceptance that you will experience depending on which side you go to first. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, so I, I hope that helps. Yeah. And the book um, is called the vanishing half and the synopsis is, um, oh, I love Brett the vanishing Bennett. half. Yeah, I haven't read it, but I know, I think it was on Obama's so list. Good. I think it, a year or so back, but basically The Vanishing Half tells the multi-generational story of the Vignes sisters, Desiree and Stella, two very pretty identical twins who grew up in the small town of Mallard, Louisiana. It's a town where all the residents are light-skinned African-Americans. So it's not Mm -hmm. that they're mixed per se, but they still are battling what it, what it feels like and what that looks like to be light-skinned. So Amanda has read about it i'm I'm sure it's a it's a good read um potentially maybe that could be our next book club read but y'all gotta come to the book club y'all gotta you gotta be on your zoom you gotta tap in because when i tell you the last book club meeting it was me and faith looking at each other and the one before that was two people and one of the girls and then read the right book so we need all y'all to read the right book okay and oh, i mean she had a yeah, we literally gave her a rundown about the book. She was like, yeah. wait, I'm reading two different books. And we were like, oh, we got you, girl. We're going to give you the right book. Yeah. But yeah, please make sure you guys are reading and you guys are attending the book club because last time it was like, Christina. <laughs> and the thing is, like, like it was, like, it was like, Ariana, what are you not doing here? Essentially. No, literally. Like, literally. 
if y'all don't come to this one, there will not be a single book club again. Okay, and I'm very serious. They'll be taking time about our very busy lives. I know this seems like a lecture, but we taking time our very, okay. very busy weekends, okay, to talk to y'all because we want to build a community. But y'all not letting us build a community if y'all don't come to them book clubs. Anyways, let's get to these why would you say that. Um, if you're new here, why would you say that is something crazy we have seen in the past week on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and I, if you guys don't know, me and Aja's friendship started on Twitter. So this is like... It really brings in our friendship as well as gets a, gets a good giggle because sometimes our episodes can be deep. And this was a more educational than deep episode, but there were still deep topics. So let's get some giggles going. Um, let me see what I sent Denasia because <laughs> I send between her and Dami, I, I definitely send you more. Um, what was we talking about? Um, okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. The boy math, girl math thing has really been killing me this week. Like, I've been enjoying it. I have. I, I, I've definitely been enjoying that one. Um, Somebody it, said, boy math is being afraid of gold diggers when you only have three pairs of socks to your name. I'm crying. <laughs> why would you say that? Literally, why would you say that? Okay, so another one that I've been really loving is what's the dumbest thing you did as a child? Some man just kind of, honestly, you couldn't waterboard this stuff out of me, but men are a different breed. Um, getting expelled from... I think baby class for beating other babies, fighting a, fighting a goat till I dislocated my shoulder, drinking a bottle of Finnergan and sleeping for three days. I think that's like a sleep aid. Putting my hand in a pot of hot water to bring out the egg my mom was boiling for me and using my mom's inhaler as perfume. Perfume? It don't oh, even wow. smell good. And the thing is, there was no gun to his head. Like he just, he just wanted to have that information out on cyberspace. That is crazy. Like, well, I'm looking at his, first of all, his bio say aspiring new neurosurgeon. We can't be having this out there. You're not working on my brain. I'll tell you that. Not at all. Pack it up. Pack it up, Timmy Tayo. <laughs> oh my like, God. Mom, there's another one. Um, okay, so this one says um a homeless lady was going up to cars at a red light and asking for money as she skipped past mine because it was already crashed you gotta be aware you gotta be aware. i mean the, oh why would you say goodness. that but also why would you do that but she knew she wasn't getting no money out of you <laughs> someone <laughs> said she she ate you up pookie <laughs> <laughs> one guy one person said omg i'm done giving out my number uh it starts off with him saying whatever vibe you want <laughs> She says we could be friends. He said, I don't like being I don't I don't like being friends. I want a little more. She said, best friends? LMFAO, like that's why I asked you what you want. She said, he said, F the small talk, pretty. What's your zodiac sign? She said, Gemini, and he said, beat it, B word. I didn't know there was Gemini beef like Beat it. <laughs> like, all right, Michael. <laughs> literally, somebody ever told me I gave them my zodiac sign and they said beat it. That's sassy. As a man, no, yeah, too. Yeah. As a grown man, pack it up. <laughs> he must have really experienced something from like, Gemini's. Like, like, like hard, like hardcore Gemini's. I mean, I'm not. I don't know nothing about that for real. All I know, <laughs> I really don't know actually anything. No, literally, the one of the main ones I know is Libras because the majority of my, a, a lot of my friends are Libras, and I'm like, oh, Libra season. I'm about to see birthdays all up and down my Instagram. Okay. Right. That's, that's literally it. Amanda, do you do you have any crazy 
things that she's seen on timeline? Um, definitely that the math stuff that has been hilarious. Girl, um, yeah. Um, like off the top definitely. of my head, uh, yeah, it's, no, um, definitely like um. Not really memes, but like I am a Beyonce fan. I love Beyonce, and her last concert is coming up. So like soon, all of us will be going into like a Depressive. Beyonce depression. No, yeah. really. Beyonce I will really. no like no longer be on the timeline as actively as she has been. But seeing like the mute challenges every couple of days has just been hilarious, <laughs> and like because they don't like, ever be on mute. No, not at all. And seeing all of like the cities like fight like we had the best new challenge. And it's like, no, I heard that talking in the background. Like that has just been hilarious seeing people go back and forth about like who had the best mute. Uh but that has so, speaking of the mute challenge, I guess this was uh Nola. Um, like I guess theirs was really, really quiet, but she didn't I don't think she marked them as the winner though. I think I think Atlanta day one or day two still has like the crown of best mute. <laughs> She's just saying stuff. She just be talking. She just be talking because I definitely heard some words in that. But anyway, that's besides the point. I'm a zip and zoop. Um, Someone quoted that and was like, oh my God, like Nola's taking it, I fear. Like they were the most quiet. And someone else quoted it and said, you could have heard a roach. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and you just can't even get it out. Someone said, you could have heard a roach poot in that bit. It was so quiet. I'm crying. Why would you say that on the internet? A roach poop? <laughs> like that's <laughs> like why the roach? I hate the word poop. Like I literally <laughs> like it makes my skin crawl. <laughs> like oh god! Like I literally hate that word so much. <laughs> They they were looking for some interactions, and I'm sure they, they got, got it. it, bro. <laughs> and someone, it. someone someone said, "What does she do?" Poop Lovato. Oh, please, <laughs> Lovato. <laughs> oh, oh my god! god. Like oh I literally, god. I literally hate that word so much. <laughs> I don't know who made it up, and I don't. I mean, between poop and fart, I would. I don't like either, but I'd much rather pass gas. But the thing is, I'm not a girl. I'm not a past gas girly. I would love to be a past girly. I'm just not. I would much rather just say fart. I just feel like poop is just. I, I think poo. I think toot sounds better than poop. Two? Two. I think they sound the same to me. <laughs> a little like poop implies poop for me. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. It's just like, feels- oh, like, like, oh, just a little too. Like, I'm a lady. I'm not farting. I'm tooting. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Oh my god! Oh, I'm serious. Oh god. I'm serious. Extremely, I'm serious. But we we got pretty serious this episode, so we need a little bit of the Lulu. I will say, <laughs> just, um, a, just a sprinkle of it. I think we we satisfied our fits. Um, no, we did. We did. Yeah. And the last episode of the season is going to be a fun one for sure. Um, yeah, but we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have a good time. You guys can hear some life updates, how Danita's birthday went, how my North Carolina trip went, and the topic at hand. Um, but Amanda. Please plug again what you'd like to plug. And thank you so much for coming on. Yes, we learned so much. Thank you so much. This was great. I had a really great time um, talking with you all and, you know, talking about like 
female black reproductive health and our the importance of you know investing in yourself and being proactive about mm-hmm. your body yeah. um and so like i hope everybody else listening enjoyed and I, again, am running for homecoming queen. So those that are watching, please vote for me. Yeah. And um, we, we can put the link in we'll wherever. Link in the yeah, but um, the link that I am, like, sending out to people is bit.ly slash Amanda for Hoka. So. Oh, wow. That's easy. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Period. Yep. Hey, She's gonna win, y'all. I'm gonna we're yeah. gonna send this to everybody. All our type like, I hope so. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. trying. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'll I'll be um happy to share the episode too. Like this is great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank y'all so much. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.